Forced Migration Review, Issue 52, May 2016. Assisted Voluntary Return, Implications for Women and Children. By Monica and Chinas. Assisted voluntary return programs often send women and children back to places of insecurity and uncertainty. Analysis of practice in the UK highlights the inherent problems and the need to re-examine this type of program. Assisted Voluntary Return, AVR, programs are schemes to assist asylum seekers to return to their countries of origin. The programs normally help refugees by arranging their travel and providing them with some financial support for establishing a new life on return. UNHCR, the UN Refugee Agency, and the International Organization for Migration, IOM, have promoted these schemes for more than a decade, and millions of dollars have been pumped into them. In the UK, AVR is divided into three separate programs, Assisted Voluntary Return for Irregular Migrants, AVRIM, Assisted Voluntary Return for Families and Children, AVRFC, and Voluntary Assisted Return and Reintegration Program, VARRP. All the three programs are open to failed asylum seekers, and an AVRFC and VARRP are open to those with pending asylum applications. The program pays for travel home and participants are given a cash grant up to but not exceeding £2,000, US $2,800. However, having an AVR application approved leads automatically to an individual's application for asylum being withdrawn and initiates a five-year ban on re-entering the UK. Causes for concern Firstly, there are serious doubts about how voluntary AVR programs actually are, especially for women. Repatriation schemes are done in close partnership with national governments, who have a vested interest in limiting the number of migrants and refugees trying to enter each year. Some NGOs feel that many refugees participate only because they are pushed into a corner, after governments strategically cut them off from basic services and threaten deportation. They are not alone in thinking this. Researcher Anna Koch suggests AVR programs launched by UNHCR and IOM should be considered state-induced, as they allow Western governments to outsource deportation to UNHCR and IOM. She further points out that, quote, when forced involuntary returns are pursued in combination, the notion of voluntariness becomes compromised, end quote. End note one. In 2013, another study showed that government officials admitted to using threats of deportation in order to increase participation in AVR programs, end note two. According to recent research, one consequence of the AVR model, with its emphasis on choice, is that it makes the refugee responsible for the consequences of their return, absolving the Home Office of any responsibility for returning refugees to dangerous, life-threatening situations, end quote, and note three. An assessment by the UK's Home Office found refugee women felt they had little say over whether they participated in the UK's AVR programs, as decisions were made by the males in their communities and or households, and note four. They also feel increasingly pushed to sign up for AVR programs, given continuing cuts to essential services. For example, in the UK and EU, Afghan women are offered more money than men to leave, the implication being that if they leave, they will take their children with them. It is worth noting that some NGOs who are previously critical of AVR programs have since warmed to the idea on the basis that AVR is a more humane option than deportation, and that has the side effect of strengthening public and political support for the institution of asylum as a whole. Still, serious concerns remain over the voluntariness of AVR programs, 
especially for women and children who may have little say or be coerced into returning to countries where human rights and security remain highly questionable. Secondly, return to areas of conflict is particularly dangerous for women and children. The majority of asylum seekers who participate in AVR programs are returning to areas still in conflict, such as Afghanistan and Somalia, where safe, long-term reintegration is nearly impossible. A July 2013 UNHCR self-assessment report on its program to return Afghans to Afghanistan, UNHCR's largest ever repatriation program, highlighted how the organization continues to struggle to provide support for social and economic reintegration in Afghanistan. And note 5. Later that year, Human Rights Watch recommended that UNHCR and IOM discontinue their emphasis on AVR programs in light of increasing insecurity and the inability to adequately provide support services following return. And note 6. The reality for women facing return to a home country in crisis is frightening. In many of these fragile states, gender-based persecution remains a constant threat. One study showed that several Afghan women opted to have a tubal ligation, surgery to prevent conception, prior to travel, as they feared that health services in Afghanistan would be unable to provide contraceptives. And note 7. In another study, Somali women expressed concerns that they would be subjected to rape and oppressive cultural and religious requirements upon return. China's forced sterilization practices have also left many resisting return. The same report highlights the added danger of secondary or tertiary displacement for women unable to settle safely after returning. And note 8. For child refugees who return to areas of conflict, traumatic experiences of crisis and displacement are compounded, leading to immense psychological harm and mental distress, and often there is little or no psychosocial support available. AVR programs returning people to areas of conflict are unable to provide one of the most important things for sustainable return, access to networks. Networks provide returning women with access to land, employment, education, and other basic services, as well as to valuable information and support from others. These are essential for securing and leading independent lives. However, building and participating in networks is particularly difficult in areas of conflict, where communities and contacts have been severed by years of war. Thirdly, there are potentially dangerous legal implications in participating. All participants of AVR programs must sign a voluntary return declaration. This is a legal document by which they affirm their willingness to return voluntarily to their country of origin. This is cause for great concern as claims for asylum hinge upon one main factor, proving a legitimate fear of persecution in the country you are fleeing. Signing an ABR voluntary return declaration implies you no longer fear persecution and is likely to make any future claim or conditions in the return country to change for the worse lose credibility in the eyes of the law. A new application for asylum would face serious legal barriers, given that the applicant has gone back home in the past. Conclusion What is clear is that the principle underpinning the creation of AVR programs is highly problematic, from both a legal and a human rights policy standpoint. It puts international actors such as UNHCR and IOM in a difficult relationship with national governments, with the agencies effectively supporting the latter in migration and border control through encouraging returns. For many, the decision to participate is made with the shadow of deportation hanging over their head. Decisions to return may not always lie with women themselves. Moreover, the majority of women and children participating in AVR programs return to areas of conflict, where they face additional hardships, persecution, and possibly further displacement. National governments, UNHCR, and IOM need to rethink this type of migration policy.
Monica and Chinas, M-O-N-I-C-A dot E-N-C-I-N-A-S dot L-E-P-I-N-G-W-E-L-L at gmail.com, currently works in the charity sector in the UK. Endnotes. Endnote 1. Koch A. 2013. Assisted Voluntary Return Schemes. Forced Migration Review Issue 44 www.fmreview.org slash detention slash koch. And note 2. Morris H. and Solomons M. 2013. Difficult Decisions. A review of UNHCR's engagement with assisted voluntary return programs. UNHCR Policy Development and Evaluation Service. PDAS. www.unhcr.org slash 51F924209.html. And note 3. Anderson B. and McGee D. 2014. Tried and Trusted? The Role of NGOs in the Assisted Voluntary Returns of Asylum Seekers and Irregular Migrants. Compass Breakfast Briefing Summary. www.compass.ox.ac.uk slash media slash capital BB hyphen 2014 hyphen tried with a capital T underscore trusted with a capital T underscore voluntary with a capital V, underscore returns with a capital R, dot PDF. And note 4, Black R et al. 2011, Understanding Voluntary Return, Home Office and Sussex Center for Migration Research, www.webarchive.nationalarchives.gov.uk slash 2011 slash rds.homeoffice.gov.uk slash rds slash pdfs04 slash rdsolr5004.pdf. Endnote 5. See Endnote 2. Endnote 6. Human Rights Watch 2013. Unwelcome Guests. Iran's Violation of Afghan Refugee and Migrant Rights www.hrw.org slash report slash 2013 slash 11 slash 20 slash unwelcome hyphen guests slash Iran's hyphen violation hyphen Afghan hyphen refugee hyphen and hyphen migrant hyphen rights. And note 7. October D. 2007. My body is broken like my country. Identity, Nation, and Repatriation Among Afghan Refugees in Iran, Iranian Studies, Volume 40, Issue 2, pages 263 to 285, www.tannedfonline.com/doi/abs/10.1080/00210860712695846958 dot capital V Z lowercase V capital U N lowercase X T capital V lowercase H capital H lowercase W Endnote eight C Endnote four FMR is an open access publication. You are free to download, copy, distribute, or link to this article, as long as it is for non commercial purposes and the author and FMR are attributed. All articles published in FMR are licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License.